Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, February tenth, twenty twenty-one. I am David Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, my friend, we are nothing if not consistent. If it's a Wednesday show, that means there's probably a good chance that news is going to break about five minutes after we record the show. That might be the case today. In fact, I think it will be. I don't know if it'll be five minutes, but I'm expecting any moment we're going to hear about Al Washington. I do think he's going to stay at Ohio State, but it keeps going back and forth. Tennessee's trying to make him an offer he can't refuse. They really want him. He loves being at Ohio State, but uh, he's torn. Uh, But I do think he is going to stay at Ohio State, but we'll find out shortly. Yeah, let's be honest here. Uh, The only reason he would go to Tennessee right now is a shitload of money. That's what they're doing right now. They're essentially trying to throw all the money at him in true SEC style. It's not a better gig for him. He knows it. It's not a, a stable of a gig for him, and he knows it. It's not a. Uh, it's not home like Ohio State is, and he knows it, right? And Ohio State has clearly offered him a pretty big pay increase, but you know they can't pay him more than Kerry Combs, who's the defensive coordinator and makes one point four million a year. And if you believe what you're hearing, Tennessee offered him a million and a half a year, and now OSU is still going to probably end up paying him a million a year, which for a you know, position coach slash co-coordinator, which is probably what he'll be promoted to if he stays, uh, that would have been unheard of back in the day. But that's just what these schools down south are paying at this point. The reality is, is that the only reason Al Washington would leave would be because there's a lot of money involved, right? He's gonna, He could talk about calling his own defense or anything, yada, yada, yada. He's not far away from getting that opportunity potentially here if you see how Ryan Day promotes internally. Um, and... Tennessee is going to suck and they're going to have NCAA sanctions and all kinds of other reasons not to go there. The reality is, is at the end of the day, I think he stays. Uh, OSU is more than willing to keep him. They can't pay him as much as Tennessee, but they can give him everything else in a lot better uh, uh, fashion and in spades. So that's kind of where my mind is here is OSU showed the, the interest to keep him. They've showed the, the dollar amount to keep him. And now we're just kind of going to wait and see and, like you said, we'll probably find out 20 minutes after this podcast gets publicized, whether it happens or not. I'll take 20 minutes rather than five. Yeah, again, I, I heard, last thing I heard last night from somebody I trust was that he's probably going to stay. I might or might not have posted a cryptic tweet to Twitter that was just the Washington Monument with fireworks going off. I might or might not have done that, Bax. And, uh, okay, I definitely did that. Some people picked up on it. Some people were like, what is this? And then people were like, oh, Washington Monument. Um, so I think he's going to stay. But let's say, again, this goes the other direction and he changes his mind. And let's say he does go to Tennessee. How big of a loss would that be for Ohio State? So it would be a loss in the recruiting front for sure. Um, he's a very strong recruiter. It would be it would put them in scramble mode to replace their linebackers coach in a year where we're replacing all the starters at linebacker. So the timing is not ideal on that front. If they do lose him, um, he's clearly an up and coming young mind who knows what he's doing. 
uh, in both in terms of being a position coach and in terms of the recruiting. So it's a loss. You can't say it's not a loss. Um, he's the kind of guy that in a couple of years too could easily be uh, calling his own defense here. So it's, it's one of those things where you really don't want it to happen, especially because of the timing. Um, and the other thing about Al Washington is, is that I think we all know he's a very good linebackers coach. And then you compare him to the two previous guys who worked with the linebackers, one of which was a train wreck and one of which is now the head coach at Cincinnati. Um, we know how this can go. So when you have a good one, you kind of want to keep them. So I don't say he's not irreplaceable, but it certainly would be a loss for OSU if, if he went to Tennessee. No question about it. There's a reason Ryan Day is betting over backwards to keep him. Yeah, and if he does leave, don't replace him with Billy Davis is uh, rule number one. Yeah. Rule's number Who's one. the best man in Ryan 20. Day's wedding? Is he a linebacker's coach? Well, I, I, th- I think Ryan Day's brothers were – I think he had two best men, and they were his. He has two brothers, and they are not football coaches. So rest easy, but – and I don't think – you know, I don't think he would follow in Urban's footsteps doing that. Uh, who knows, though? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, Ryan Day's brothers, not football coaches. All right. Switching gears. But speaking of linebackers, a young man I think we should be more excited about than maybe, I don't know, I think most people are excited about him. Maybe we don't talk about him enough is Reed Carrico. Um, listen, he's not going to come in and be Andy Katzenmore and start from day one. And I, I like the linebackers that are coming back for Ohio State, even though they're inexperienced. They're not young. I like guys like Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell and Kayvon Pope and Craig Young. I, I like these guys, and I've heard nice things about Cody Simon and, uh, and Mitchell Melton. Um, but I really like Reed Carrico, and there's already word that he is showing out over there. Even though he should still be at high school, he's enrolled early, and he's already doing great things over there in the strength and conditioning program. Um, I'm pretty excited about Reed Carrico. I don't know how much he's going to play as a true freshman. I think he will see the field, but his career as a holdback, I think he's going to be a great one. Yeah, I, I'm very high on Reed Carrico. And, look, I have a soft spot for kids from Ohio, especially the ones that aren't from, like, the big town programs, right? Like, oh, yeah, he's, here's a big Maslin kid, and here's a kid from – you know, one of the Olentangis or one of the Pickerington's or whatever, you know, those sort of football powerhouse places, right? Ironton is not as big as those guys. And I know it matters a lot to the good folks down on the Ohio River, but that's not a place that perpetually sends a ton of kids to a place like Ohio State, right? So I always have a little extra soft spot to root for these small town Ohio kids who get to go to Ohio State, right? But here's the thing. It sounds like Carrico uh, showed up at OSU and immediately he was one of the strongest and most in shape guys on the team. So that tells you how self-motivated he is before even really getting into Mickey Marotti's program. And I have a theory on elite athletes and it's not really a unique one, but the ones that are the most driven that are combined with, you know, just God given talent, that drive is the difference maker for a lot of them. It's a mindset at a certain point because you have, you reach a certain point where everybody's a freak right? Or everybody is the best player on their high school team. And everybody is, you know, spent since they were 12 years old being told they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. The difference is the mindset and the motivation to keep working where others won't and to keep fighting through it. That particular tolerance isn't something that can be particularly taught, especially to younger kids in high school. And we see it all the time where you have a kid who's a five-star shows up at OSU and takes a couple years to get it together. And it's learning that more than anything, it's learning that 
Well, Reed Carrico clearly already learned that part. So that gives him a significant edge to get on the field earlier, even in the face of significant linebacker challenges, which I'm on the same page as you, Dave. I like our linebackers. I didn't think we saw enough of Kavon Pope and Dallas Gant and company last year. Uh, I think you can make an argument to me that we're going to get better linebacker play despite losing a couple guys that are going to be drafted. Um, certainly before Justin Hilliard came on down the stretch, I would argue we have the potential for better linebacker play because these young guys are really good. So the fact that Reed Carrico is putting his helmet into the middle of the ring to play this year says a lot about Reed Carrico and what he's done before he got to Ohio state. And it makes you wonder how much more he's going to excel with Mickey Marotti guiding that mental uh, self-motivation, that mental drive that he clearly displays already. I'm excited about him on almost every level to see how he does. I want to finish the show talking about Todd McShay's mock draft 2.0 NFL mock draft 2021 on ESPN was released this morning. Very interesting. He has quarterbacks going one through four overall. That has never happened in the NFL draft where the first four picks <laughs> of the draft are quarterbacks. He has Trevor Lawrence going number one to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. No surprise. Then it gets interesting. He's got Zach Wilson from BYU going number two to the Jets. He's got Trey Lance from North Dakota State going number three to the Carolina Panthers, who would trade up with the Miami Dolphins in that scenario. And then he has our very own Justin Fields going back home to the Atlanta Falcons at number four. Now, if that happens for Fields, I, I think that's a good fit for him. My problem is when in the hell did Trey Lance become a better quarterback than Justin Fields? I mean, I have a problem with – Zach Wilson, but I can, you know, I, I, yeah. I, get, I get that a little more, but I think Fields should be the number two pick of the draft. Where in the world has he fallen? Even though fourth overall would be great, and one of the Falcons I think would be great, but fourth overall when, I mean, the fourth quarterback taken, I'm just, I don't get that one, Bax. I think you're an idiot if you take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. I'll just put it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Now I'm totally on board with any scenario that keeps him away from the New York jets. Um, that, that's, that's a good thing for Justin Fields to not go to that disaster of a franchise. Um, and frankly, if the dolphins trade up to get a quarterback, it better be fields. Cause I could see him learning from Fitz magic for a year and then stepping into a pretty decent team and being a winning quarterback a year down the line. Um, uh, I just, uh, to me, it's asinine that Justin Fields isn't the clear second overall pick uh I, I i would take him over zach wilson without even thinking about it and having seen a lot of zach wilson this year because byu played a bunch of games i would certainly take justin fields over zach wilson um i think we got to the point with justin fields where people have seen enough of him that they want to nitpick uh versus just recognizing he's going to be a very, very good nfl quarterback and of these four if you tell me only one of them wins the super bowl he's my pick so I don't know where the hell this Trey Lance stuff came from. Uh, we all know Carson Wentz worked out so well being the uh, FCS quarterback that everybody fell over. Um, the Eagles are definitely signing him to a lifetime contract. Oh, wait, they're trading him right now. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand how Fields couldn't be the second overall pick. Now, if there are four quarterbacks at the top of the draft, it's going to be the most fun first round to continue talking about. Since the draft where Tim Couch was the top pick and you had like five other quarterbacks in the first round, was it Achilles Smith, Donovan McNabb and all those guys? And we ended up talking about who were the busts and who weren't for like literally the next decade. So this will be fun to see 
if something like this plays out. But I also think you're an absolute idiot if you pick Trey Lance over Justin Fields. I'm with you. He's the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Great stuff from Bax. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to all the listeners for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.